Welcome back to the FSC podcast. In this episode, we give you exclusive access to insights from the recent FSC Mental Health and Life Insurance Roundtable webinar, where industry leaders and community voices shared their thoughts on the unfolding impacts of the coronavirus outbreak on the mental health of Australians. This episode is the third of a three-part series where you'll hear from a range of leading industry voices from organisations including AIA Australia, MLC Life Insurance, Tell Life and Zurich Australia. Now to the conversation. Here, Margot Lydon, CEO of Superfriend and Sally Lone, CEO of the Financial Services Council, discuss recent moves by the government aimed at helping Australians navigate the impacts of coronavirus along with the role that insurers play during this time. Probably one of the most important ones for the discussion today is the $10,000 support uh, that's been provided for um, Australian workers to be able to access their superannuation um, fund, um, $10,000 in this financial year and then a potential second $10,000 next financial year. One of the things that I'd love clarity on, but my belief is that um, if people do access that $10,000 um, of their superannuation account balance, if it falls below the $6,000 mark, um, their insurances will be completely switched off and the account will be sw uh, swept across to the ATO. Um, and in some cases, people may um, actually close their uh, superannuation fund down if their account balance is less than $10,000 and they do access um, that money. Um, yeah, Margot, that's a really good point. Um, Jane Hume uh, acted very early a couple of weeks ago to come out to correct some of the anomalies with this. She said, if your account is active and has been over $6,000 at any time after 1 November 2019, your insurance will not be switched off automatically under the law. Of course, you need to leave enough to cover premiums and some funds may have their own rules. Talk to your fund for details. I believe also the ATO is the administrator of that um, part of the support. Um, but I guess what occurred to me is that the staff at the ATO really won't be helping um, Australians navigate their decision-making process as to whether um, you know, this decision to access this $10,000 is it actually in their best interest, not only for the here and now situation, but longer term. So I think that there's some complexities there um, that are really important for us to understand. We um, have also seen some of the media um, and the media response to the insurance industry and not necessarily reporting um, accurately or fairly about the insurance industry. So I do think there's an opportunity for us to talk together again about how can we help the, um, the media be part of the education uh, for the Australian population. As this conversation progresses, you'll hear from Nick Kerwan, Senior Policy Manager, Life Insurance at the Financial Services Council, 
Lucy Brogdon, Chair of the National Mental Health Commission, and Jane Daughter, Head of Insurance Claim Solutions at KPMG Australia. Um, from an insurance perspective, um, my discussions with some of the insurers um, and people in the industry is that they are expecting to see an increase in the number of volume and duration of claims for income protection, total and permanent disablement insurance and death um, from obviously corona deaths, but also suicide. And I think we need to have a conversation about that. Look, uh, I, I think uh, there, it's a really important point, Margot, and there is a question about how we reach out to people or work with trustees in the main to reach out to people to um, communicate well with their members. My understanding is that there are some, uh, some funds which are going to be more affected than others. Absolutely. I think that there are some significant concerns there and, and working with the trustees is, is going to be really critical. But as a sector, it's, it's absolutely something that um, financial services need to be mindful of. And I think it's been great to see the response, particularly out of the banking side around um, loan products and things like that, and, and an opportunity for, for this sector to think about how they might reduce stress and distress. Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess that assertive outreach to affected industry sectors um, where we know people may not be able to retain their job, but also people who may be coming off a claim and therefore at the expiry of the benefit period may not have a job to go back to. I wonder if that's something the industry is flagging and would benefit from understanding what kind of other resources and tools um, could be used to assist us. So Jane, that's a really interesting point. I've been speaking to some of the, the workers' comp people and it's a real issue with people sitting on claim who don't actually have a job to go to. Um, as I understand it, everybody's scratching their heads and um, I guess from the Mentally Healthy Workplace Alliance perspective, we, we've put that question to some of the insurers and at the moment they're looking more, as I understand it, to the regulatory perhaps some regulatory change around what might be done with people because they can't sit on claim forever. Um, but we've sort of said, look, we're happy and willing to help with some um, research projects. Should that be of assistance to the sector too in terms of looking at creative ways to support people? I think, Lucy, it's a really good point um, that you and Jane have raised. It's Margot again. Um, and that is, you know, it would be really good, for instance, the industry to come together and share some data about the numbers of uh, customers who are at the uh, latter end of their claim and are likely to be in a situation where they want to come off claim and get back to work and yet have got no job to get back to. So I think even just doing some data um, collation across the industry would be really helpful and then building based on that sort of understanding of that uh, cohort of Australians looking at what responses are going to be best um, in place to support them during those times? Um, and is there anything that the government, um, you know, could do uh, once we know what the um, numbers of people and, and their circumstances could be? Yes, I agree, Margot. I mean, I, I'm not sure that we have any clear 
forecast of what those volumes look like, but um, it would be a risk if people were coming off benefits and had no revenue for themselves. Um, and then this could um, be for people that are self-employed and employed, um, and whether there's something that we could work together on as an industry that would be resources about job placement or resources about various other kinds of financial support they could access besides what our you know, great rehabilitation services and claim services do. And particularly if we worked with the workers' compensation jurisdictions to understand you know they're they're essentially in the same predicament um you know what what their modeling is is telling them um it might be something that we're able to then really see what the supports could be put in place that would be beneficial to all people um, in that predicament any of the insurers on the call are you able to give us any intel from your perspective if you started to have a look at any of those sort of numbers yet or uh, it's Joanne from AIA. I think we are starting to see some of our customers that were, um, for example, from a rehab point of view, doing greater return to work programs and their employment might have been paused. Um, and equally, we were doing some work trials and that and voluntary work in preparation for work and some of those have been paused. So we really focused on helping these people cope with that transition and how they can prepare and keep themselves well physically and psychologically uh, in a different environment and transition. And then we've also been working a lot on um, collating a lot of resources to help them from a financial point of view, bearing in mind those transitions you're mentioning. Thanks, Joe. It's uh, Josh Hi. here from MLC. Hi, yeah, it's just similar to Joe, just really trying to adapt to the changing landscape to really support people back into the workforce. and. At the moment, we're just really trying to communicate openly internally and sharing a whole range of different circumstances that we're facing and ensuring we've got the right resources available. We've obviously changed the supports that we're able to provide with face-to-face -face providers, traditionally supporting people directly in the workplace. So just working you know, through innovative solutions, whether it be financial supports and aids and getting people back on their feet and looking at new new and transferable industries as well that might be seeing a bit of an increase in demand versus those that are seeing a downturn. And given also this is likely to be over, you know, what we're, what we're hearing consistently is at least six sort of six months plus um, is likely to be something that will only increase from an insurance perspective. Um, Maria or Justin from uh, Zurich, do you um, have any further comments that you'd like to make? Uh, it's Justin, I don't think anything in addition to what we've heard from the other insurers. I mean, what we've seen um, immediately is a number of people who were returning to work um, on partial um, claim who have now got no jobs to continue that. So that's a, uh, something we're dealing with and obviously a concern, but I think it's too early at this stage to see much more in the data. Um, Maria, have you got anything you'd like to add? Or? No, that's consistent and, and consistent with what, with what we've heard from the other insurers as well. They're just about ensuring that, you know, where we are supporting customers that we continue to support them, albeit under a revised model or, or through telehealth services, etc. In the later half of that conversation, you heard from the following voices. Joanne Graves, National Rehabilitation Manager at AIA Australia. Josh Agar, Manager, Recovery Strategy and Services at MLC Life Insurance. Justin Delaney, 
CEO, Life and Investments at Zurich Australia, and Maria Fallas, Head of Mental Health and Wellness, Life Insurance at Zurich Australia. To hear more of this conversation, listen to parts one and two of this series via the FSC's Life Insurance Facebook page, which can be found by searching at FSC Life Insurance. That's all one word, at FSC Life Insurance. And don't forget to like and follow the page while you're there. Links to references mentioned in this episode can be found in the related Facebook post. But for now, thanks very much for listening and goodbye. If you or someone you know is experiencing anxiety or depression, you can contact Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. That's 1300 224636. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, you can call Lifeline on 131114. That's 131114.